Welcome to My Bible Study, a verse-by-verse devotional study through the Bible with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. In this unique series, Pastor Bob takes you through the Bible just a few verses at a time. No preaching, just a simple Bible reading with examples and explanations of the meaning behind the Scriptures. My Bible Study will take you from Genesis chapter 1 all the way through the book of Revelation. Now, here is Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Canaanite, the Perizzite, the Hevite, the Jebusite, as the Lord your God has commanded you in order that you may not, in order that they may not teach you to do according to all the detestable things that they've done for their little gods, so that you could sin against the Lord your God. This is in Deuteronomy chapter 20. And while killing all the Canaanites will probably cause us to be uneasy on the subject, okay, Genesis 9 gives us a great insight into the coming problem, okay? So you need to understand this command was far more difficult for the Israelites of old than for us today. Had God not hardened the hearts of the Canaanites so that they refused to seek a treaty with Israel in Joshua 11, uh, Israel very likely would not have aggressively sought to obey the Lord's commands to kill them. Why did they have to kill them? They're brothers and cousins and all that stuff. Because they did not serve God. They served all the little gods. And if the Jews go in and, and basically get along, to go along to get along, soon they take on the form of society. Take, for example, back in the 1960s, Bible was studied in public school. There was prayer every day in public school. The Ten Commandments were on the bulletin boards in public school. And then all that started to change. Look at the condition of the public school system now. Look at the inner cities. Drugs, violence, murders, prostitution, all the immoral things going on. The gays and and lesbians and, and all of them. Uh, doing the things they do openly, having parades about it and stuff. That didn't happen before prayer was taken out of school. That didn't happen when the Bible was studied in school. But to go along to get along, soon the perversion of these cursed people infiltrate the normalcy of society. Look at what the politicians are doing. They not only support and encourage that, they push it upon the Christians in society. They say, this is what you will not talk about. Well, guess what? I'm talking about it. Ha, ha, ha. What are you going to do about it? Well, you know, you could lose your 501c3. Praise God, it's just a sheet of paper. I dog, I I triple dog dare the IRS to come after me. I'd, I'd, I'd welcome it. I'd relish it. Because... They have, since the Johnson Amendment was first enacted, they have yet to prosecute one person because they know it'll go to court and ultimately it'll wind up at the Supreme Court of the United States and that'll be a restriction on free speech and it will be washed away forever. So they just hold it on the books to threaten nonprofits with it, the, the ministries with. They say, oh, you can't talk about this stuff in the pulpit. You can't talk about this stuff if you're in their uh, preaching capacity because you know you could lose your nonprofit status. Praise God. I didn't have it when I started preaching. You can have it now. Praise God. And that's just, 
don't get me started. I don't want to go down that road right now. But yeah, I triple dog dare you to do it. If you're watching this on Facebook and you're offended by it, good. I'm happy. That's the whole purpose of saying it. I'm coming out. Of, again, it's not what Bob Thibodeau thinks, what Bob Thibodeau believes. This is what the Word of God says. As Paul said, and, and when he and uh, no, Peter and John taken up before the magistrates, and they say, you cannot preach in his name anymore. And they said, whether it's right to obey you or God, you choose. But we're, we're going to preach upon what we know and what we've seen. Praise God. And that's what I'm doing. Anyway, where was I at, Lord? Hallelujah. All right. Genesis 9 is crucial for another reason. It is a passage that has long been employed to justify slavery. In particular, the sinful subjugation of the black people throughout the centuries. The curse of Ham, we're told, is simply being fulfilled as the blacks live out their lives in servitude to other races, particularly the whites. Wrong, 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 wrong. As we're going to see, this interpretation cannot be maintained if you careful, carefully study and consider the text. In Genesis 9, verse 18 to 29, now we're going to be looking at this. The verses we're looking at should be understood in the context of the section in which they are found. Genesis 9.18 begins a new division, which actually continues through chapter 10 and into chapter 11. Uh, Moses wrote of the repopulation of the earth through the sons of Noah. Genesis 9.20-27 explains the threefold division of the race for its spiritual dimensions. While the Canaanites were under God's curse... Shem will be the line through which the Messiah was going to come. And Japheth would find a blessing in union with that line and the seed, ultimately the Messiah, uh, through Shem because of, of partnership with Shem. Many believe, as I do, that Shem is actually Melchizedek as described in Genesis 14, king of Salem, king of peace. Now, and when we get over there, you'll understand more of that because it would take the rest of this hour just to highlight the things that, that talk about that. But it's coming, okay, a couple more weeks. Now, after the flood, Noah began to farm the land by planting a vineyard. The result of his toil was the fruit of the vine, wine. You know, he was trying to, you know, all this juice, all these grapes were coming in. And he was, you know, the grape juice... Is a great source of vitamins, and it quenches thirst. Remember, it's hot out in the desert. It's hot out there where he's at. And you know he's working hard, and he's got this abundance. You know, when harvest time comes, everything comes in at one time. You can't lay, you know, well, that's enough uh, grapes for this week. Uh, we'll go back next week, pick some more. By the third or fourth week, they're withering on the vine. They're no good anymore. So when it comes in, it comes in. So Noah's trying, well, we're going to store some of this stuff. And that's what happened. He stored it, and over the course of time, maybe you know, halfway through, you know, they're, they're waiting for the next harvest season to come or whatever. Uh, he goes in and gets some. Wow, this stuff has a bite to it today. Well, it started to ferment. It started turning into alcohol. And uh, when he started drinking that, you know, the well, the first mention of wine is with negative connotations, 
we should not conclude that wine is evil due to its abuse here. Okay, the Bible consistently, or without exception, condemns its use. Okay, but there are several scriptures that indicate wine may be beneficial in a few situations, and Timothy and all that. But it also has been proven to be so today. Okay, it, uh, you know that some scientific studies say you know half a glass of wine or one glass of wine, whatever, uh, a day is actually helpful and beneficial for you. Uh, some people like. I abused alcohol, you know, 30 years ago, and, and I was delivered from it supernaturally by God. Praise the Lord. And I do not drink wine uh, at all. I don't know. I'm not even going down that road anymore, okay? Uh, I keep this body under subjection. Do I, I can sit right next to someone while they're drinking wine or drinking a beer. That does not bother me, okay? That's between you and God. This is a commitment I made to God that, Alcohol would not pass my lips anymore, and it's been 27, 28 years by this time, uh, at the time of this recording. Praise the Lord. But it's the abuse of alcohol that becomes sin. All right? Now, many have been troubled at the deplorable condition of Noah, the man who before the fall was described as righteous, a righteous man, blameless in his time, in chapter 6, verse 9. Some have suggested, like I said, that fermentation may not have occurred until after the flood, and that Noah's simply suffering the innocent results of his inventive efforts of storing this wine. Well, while we should not excuse Noah, we must recognize that Moses did not emphasize the guilt of Noah, but rather the sin of Ham. Well, let's think about that. Some have suggested various types of evil took place within Noah's tent. And while the language being engaged here may leave room to infer certain sexual sins, again, you can look back at Leviticus, I think it's 18, I personally do not find any reason for assuming any misconduct on the part of Noah beyond the you know, indiscretion of getting drunk. And that resulted in his, his nakedness. You know, perhaps the best description of Noah's conduct could be a condition called unbecoming. Okay, I know in the military, if an officer did something immoral, etc., he or she would be charged with conduct unbecoming of an officer. And that's kind of what this is. His conduct may not have been uh, beneficial if you want to put it like that. You know, I am impressed, though, with the way in which Moses reported this incident with a minimum of details and description. I mean, to have written any more would have been you know, to perpetuate the sin of Ham. You know, Hollywood, oh man, Hollywood today, they'd, they'd be making a movie out of it. You know, they'd take you inside the tent with HDTV and everything. Well, Moses intentionally leaves us outside of the tent with Shem and Japheth. Now, it would seem that Ham and his two brothers were alerted to Noah's indiscretion so that all three of them were standing outside the tent. In verse 22, it says, And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers standing outside. While Shem and Japheth refused to go inside, Ham had no reservations about going into the tent. 
Whatever the failing of Noah, remember this, he was inside his own tent in the privacy of his own home. Right? That's the way Shem and Japheth wanted to keep it. Ham had his own idea. He entered in. He violated the principle of basic privacy. Yet, he didn't go in to assist his father, but to be amused at his father's expense. Thank you for joining Pastor Bob as he leads you verse by verse through the Bible in this series called My Bible Study. We pray this study will bring you closer to God and reveal His Word and His will for you through the Scriptures. We would consider it an honor and a blessing if you would support this outreach with your financial offerings. We have partnered with Patreon to offer you unique gifts and benefits for various levels of giving. Please visit our page on Patreon by going to patreon.com forward slash mybiblestudypodcast, all one word. That link again is patreon.com forward slash mybiblestudypodcast, all one word. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.